Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your ever humble host, Michael Boldia. And once again, it is my pleasure uh, to welcome you to the circus, to the clown show that is uh, our present existence in this world. Wow, uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, apparently, uh, the the female version of uh, Winston Churchill himself has uh, tendered her resignation after 45 days as prime minister. They don't even make women like they used to. Remember, uh, who was it? The, the, the fiery lady the English had, uh, Teresa. Uh, you know, look, I, I, I understand that we're supposed to Raw, raw female empowerment. I get it because it's 2022, and if not for, you know, uh, pretending that, uh, you know, all women are good under pressure or as good under pressure as men, uh, you know, we wouldn't have female prime ministers. But remember uh, Churchill's uh, speech, you know, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go to the end. We shall fight in France, and we shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the costs may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender, except for when the going gets tough. Uh, so, yes, this is uh, breaking news as of today. Uh, what day is it? Yes, indeedy, October the 20th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, it is a recording. Uh, I let you know just in case something happens, which it likely will, because all in the same week, uh, apparently Joe Biden doesn't think the Pakistanis are uh, advanced enough to have nuclear weapons. Uh, we'll get into that, too, because how many nations can you offend uh, within the span of a month? I think they, they have like a pool going in the White House. Uh, I, whoever's, uh, you know, got 23 or 24, uh, they're probably going to win a nice chunk of change because uh, this man is nonstop. So now the Pakistanis, uh, unwashed people, as Joe Biden sees them, how exactly could they have nuclear weapons? I mean, come on, man. I mean, not even Corn Pop had a nuclear weapon. But back to the international news of the day. UK Prime Minister Liz Truss has announced she is resigning. Because I don't want to do it anymore. Having spent just 45 days in the post. Uh, and uh, I guess she's going to hand over power in uh, 52 days total. So... It's 
unbelievable. Uh, she resigned just after 45 days. Uh, the last days of her uh, reign have the hallmark, hallmarks of her having failed to fight off a counter-revolution or coup by the globalist, europhile establishment of her party, who deeply objected to her pro-border control, low-tax policies. So the point here is even when uh, the good guys think they win, it was only temporary. I, I Look, she should have been uh, made of tougher metal. Uh, you, you have the post, why I resign. But this, this, is, this is how the other side works. And I know, well, they're all the same to a certain extent. But there is no good. There is, however, better and worse. And I'll demonstrate that to you because a lot of Christians have just checked out. Well, you know, there's no perfect. There's no good. So I'm just not going to do anything. Well, then you're going to have people like... Uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, the lady best known for having a gap in her teeth the size of the Grand Canyon. And uh, she was doing an interview yesterday, which was Wednesday. And uh, to her, abortion is an economic issue. This is, this is what came out of her pie-eaten mall. Having children is why you're worried about gas and food prices. So if you kill it, then you won't be worried about food and gas prices. I added that last part just to contextualize. Abrams said, abortion is an economic issue. It has been reduced to this idea of a culture war. But for women in Georgia, this is very much a question of whether they're going to end up in poverty in the next five years because women who are forced, forced, she said forced, to carry unwanted pregnancies, they are four times more likely to be impoverished in five years. This is an economic issue and being reduced to a culture conversation. For families that have faced the issue of inflation, they care about housing prices. They care about whether they can afford to go to a doctor. That's why I'm fighting for Medicaid inspection expansion in Georgia. Let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. So this is what it is. Murder now. Hey, you know what? My next door neighbor's looking a little frail. I know she just went grocery shopping. I mean, it's an economic issue. I even saw she bought Pop-Tarts. What's a 92-year-old doing with Pop-Tarts? I think she meant for me to go club her over the head and take her groceries. It's an economic issue. These people are losing their minds. They are insane, certifiably so. But yet there's people out there supposedly prophetic and people that can weigh the good and the evil, people that can see the difference between the light and the dark going, oh, it don't matter, it don't matter who's in office, no, sir. Look, I even, look, the world is going to go the way it's going to go. But there's no reason for you to butter the skids, if you understand my meaning. Look, it's, there, there is a trajectory that is undeniable at this point. 
We see where we're headed. But I'd rather have somebody who still sees a human life as a human life rather than just an economic issue making the decisions for where the state, the city, or the country goes. That's just me. I know. I, I got stars in my eyes, and I'm wearing pink spectacles. But these are the kind of people that want the reins of power. For the most part, these are the kinds of people that have the reins of power in this country. And I think that the next election cycle, which is, what, three weeks away, is going to be very telling. Because as someone, I don't remember who, said, oh, quite a few months ago, when people's tummies start rumbling, then, uh, you know, pro-choice is the most important issue for me. Or uh, the green agenda. No, it's going to be your tummy. Because your tummy's going to go, feed me! And unless you're already like uh, Madam Abrams, who sees everything boiled down to an economic issue and are willing to go and, and stab your neighbor in the neck for their Pop-Tarts, kind of hoping that, that you know, hey, you know a, a nice piece of meat won't cost you 150 bucks. You're kind of hoping it goes back down to where it was. I know inflation's not sticky. Anyone who says it doesn't understand economics. Remember those conversations we used to have back, what, a year ago? Uh, and, and, you know, a little, I guess, what was it, three, four months ago? We go, well, there's no recession. Come on, man. If you think there's going to be a recession in this United States of America, you don't know economics. Well, now the same people who told you that inflation was transitory, the same people that told you uh, there's not going to be a recession are going, yep, 100% chance of a recession. Like I've said to you countless times, if they're preparing you for a recession, you prepare for a depression. But my question is this. How many times can these people get it wrong and still say with a straight face, we're right this time? Because they have to put a spin on everything. Look, the, the average citizen sees what's going on. The average citizen goes to the store and is beside himself when 100 bucks won't even fill the top part of your cart. You know that thing that you push forward and if you have a little kid, you put them in with their legs dangling out? 100 bucks won't even fill that space. But they're telling you there's nothing to worry about. What was it? Uh, Monsieur Robinet said that, hey, the economy is just, we got, we got one heck of an economy. He didn't say heck, but, you know, he's old and it's Joe. You know, he, he uses that kind of vernacular, but he's not mean-spirited like the orange man. So, back to my original point. If you think that it doesn't matter or that you shouldn't be concerned about it, this is the kind of individual that wants power and authority over you. Let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. Indeed. 
It's not because everything skyrocketed. It's not because it's, it's, it's getting insane. Look, Germany. And I know what you're thinking to yourself, but that's Germany. Indeed, a westernized European nation, that's Germany. Germany right now is having problems. It's having big problems. Store shelves are empty in Germany. And as I've tried to tell you time and again, it hasn't gotten bad yet. Supermarkets are being left with empty shelves throughout Germany as spiraling inflation renders the sale of a wide variety of products unprofitable. Products ranging from Kellogg's cornflakes to Coca-Cola have disappeared from supermarkets throughout Germany with many shops being left with empty shelves as products become simply unprofitable to sell due to differentials in inflation. Now, uh, for those of you that, that live in Kentucky uh, that don't understand what differentials in inflation means, it's, it's too expensive. People go to the store, they see a can of Coca-Cola and go, hey, I haven't had fizzy sugar water in a minute. Let me buy one of these. And then they look at the price and they go, seven euros? They used to be 90 cents. And then they put it back on the shelf. And it sits on the shelf and nobody buys it and stores are going, eh, we're not going to carry this anymore. So pretty soon, it's just going to be what? Uh, Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, and that's about it. It comes as overall inflation hit 10% in the country in September with EU-wide inflation for the month falling just short of 11% as a result of ongoing energy crisis, which has in turn hiked the cost of food and other essential goods. I know, food doesn't matter. Hey, if you didn't have kids, you wouldn't worry about food. You know, it's an economic issue. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, I, 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 I could look down and see a human baby giggling and breathing and sucking its thumb. Nope, better kill it. Otherwise, I'll be worried about food. You know what, Stacey Abrams? I know this is going to sound mean-spirited. And all the best more fans. Oh, my goodness. Listen, how can you listen to that hate-filled speech? Stacey Abrams, you're never going to have to worry about food. Come the apocalypse, you'll survive eight to ten months just on your reserves. Let's put it that way and leave it at that. If you want me to press, I'll press, but it'll get spicy, if you know what I mean. So you're not one to talk about people worrying about food, madam. You've, you've, you've murdered your way through millions of chickens by this point. You, you are a, a one-man show of, of just death of animals the world over. You, you are the embodiment of the chicken holocaust, how many chickens you've eaten. So let's stop. Why would you, why, why, why would you minimalize a human life to the point, ah, it's just an economic issue? Hey, you, you can't buy that new Cadillac if you got them babies. You should kill them babies. 
In that way, when you're 65 and getting a little feeble, there's nobody there to go, hey, mama, how are you? No. It's probably by that point some illegal individual with, uh, you know, a full body suit made of latex that comes and wheels you into an old folks home where, you know, if it gets a little overly crowded, the governor will just throw in a couple of COVID patients and clear it out in no time flat. How, how has humanity come to this where we are so void of any sort of feeling or emotion or humanity that killing a baby has now become an economic issue. According to a report by Handelsblatt, say that 10 times fast, such surging inflation is now having a significant knock-on effect on the supply of food products within Germany, with companies warring with each other over the pricing of various items. With the hike in production costs, food giants, including the likes of Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and Mars, have been pushing for German supermarkets to pay higher prices for various products in the hopes of preserving their own profitability. Retailers in the country, however, have strongly resisted this, with one supermarket chain in the country going so far as to accuse major companies of Price gouging and usury, yes, because you know how uh, you can last in business by the things you sell cost, uh, costing you more to produce than, than to sell to the end consumer. Uh, again, I, this, this is the problem with the new mindset, with the new culture, where you can just vomit out some tripe and everybody thinks it's genius. You're just price gouging. No, I'm not price gouging, but it used to cost me 30 cents to produce a delicious Snickers bar. Now it's costing me 65 cents to produce the same delicious Snickers bar. I used to sell it in your supermarket for 70 cents, giving me a, you know, 35 cent profit. Now, my profits dwindled down to 5%. That's before you factor in taxes, employees, and the rising prices of peanuts. Just an example. I know. I'm getting off track. So much to talk about. This is where we are. It's not going to get any better. Pretty soon, you're going to see a Snickers bar at six fifty and go, hey, it's on sale. Because it doesn't matter. What they do, the pickle they've gotten themselves in is literally unfixable. So basically, the only thing to ask at this junction, the only, the, the only question that has any validity to it is, who are we going to hurt? If you keep raising interest rates to, you know, shave off inflation then anybody looking to get a loan for a car, for a house, or anything else, for new teeth, I don't know. People get loans for anything nowadays. They're going to be just 
destroyed because interest rates are going to pop over 10% in no time flat. Now, if you don't raise interest rates, even though the housing market's cooling and nobody's buying new cars, everybody's going to use, uh, inflation's going to just keep skyrocketing. And you're going to have chicken at $200 a pound. But salaries will stay the same or go up by 5% because, you know, whatever. And so you're hurting uh, the middle class and the lower middle class to the point that everyone is standing in line for that delicious government cheese. I remember uh, there used to be a lady, a Romanian lady, back in the neighborhood when we used to live in California. And she used to go and get the, the, the blocks of cheese, you know, that, that the state used to hand out. And apparently she'd stand in line, you know, more than once because she'd have so many blocks of cheese. She came to our house with a block of cheese one time. And we, you know, we were poor. My dad worked two jobs. My mom cleaned homes. Uh, we had to pay rent. So would you like a block of cheese? Of course we would. It's a free block of cheese. It's like three, four pounds of cheese. The only problem was that cheese, for whatever reason, wouldn't melt. You can literally light it on fire and it would just brown and crisp, but it wouldn't melt. Because the reason my mom said yes to the cheese was she thought she could make us grilled cheese sandwiches. Nay, nay, the cheese wouldn't melt. So she cut it up in cubes and, and whenever we were hungry, there was a plate of cheese out on the living room table to go have some cheese. I, 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 that's why I don't do yellow cheese. I, I like myself a good provolone, a nice mozzarella, but I can't, I, I jack cheese, I, I can't Colby maybe on a bad day. Anyway, I know, now you know my cheese preferences. Please don't send cheese in the mail. All right, because I know at least one of you, maybe two of you, I, something sets off. I don't, somebody sent me a miniature Mercedes. I, I haven't seen the Movado yet, but I, I'm just saying, haven't seen the Movado yet. But someone sent me a Mercedes. Please don't send cheese. I'm just begging. Please, thank you. Okay. The official went on to claim that a number of major companies have now halted deliveries, something that they alleged is being used to put pressure on supermarkets. They use unilateral delivery stops as a means of exerting pressure on retailers, they claimed. Things do not appear to be much different at other supermarkets throughout the country, with supplies being cut off as retailers refuse to purchase products from various well-known suppliers at increased prices. And again, disingenuous wording. Retailers aren't refusing. They just can't afford it. Okay? I'm sorry. There's, there, there's, there's only so much a person's willing to spend on any given product. The problem here is that it's costing more to produce said product than people are willing to pay for it. That's as uh, governments the world over would like to say, that's problematic. Because if you're not willing to spend as much as it's willing, as much as it costs to get produced, then you have a disparity. Is, it, is that a word? Anyway, you have a disparity between supply and demand. 
There is no demand for the supply that you have at the cost basis that is required to produce the supply that you have. I know some people pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to college, and here's some guy with elbow patches and, you know, alopecia tell them the exact same thing. You just got an education in economics for free, and some of you are still going to complain about it. Well, you should have gone into more depth. What do we need to know about this? See, nobody's happy. People are pretending to be, though. Anyway, the situation in the industry is critical to catastrophic. Now, I know that catastrophic is not a word that we use often in our day-to-day pet-a-tete, but catastrophic is not a good thing. Let's just leave it at that. Federal Association of the Food Industry General Manager Christoph Minhoff remarked regarding the feud which has seen some individual roads even reportedly ending up in court as companies are unable to come to a compromise. As a result of these ongoing hostilities between the supermarkets and producers, a wide variety of well-known brands have disappeared from supermarkets throughout Germany leaving many shops with empty shelves. I know you thought you'd read this kind of article about, I don't know, Zimbabwe or uh, some, some dinky country, you know, Papua New Guinea. Uh, who was it, the guys with the, with the Air Force? Uh, a little country. This is Germany. This is supposedly the greatest economic power in Europe. And they're having these kinds of issues. The likes of Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Snickers, Kellogg's, Corn Flakes. Yes, I said Kellogg's because that's how they say it in Germany. No, I don't know. It's Kellogg's. Whatever. Milka chocolate, Ritter Sport. Ooh, Ritter Sport. If you ever find Ritter Sport white chocolate with the almonds, pretty good. I'm just saying. Apparently, it's going to be a collectible soon. Uh, Ridley's Chewing Gum, along with many other products ranging from mayonnaise to pet food, have all been affected, though availability reportedly varies between supermarket chains. Well, you know, you still got to buy the pet food because, you know, Little Muffy has to keep its weight up if you're going to eat it at some point. (gasps) Oh! I know, horrible, isn't it? But hey, if you're not finding it on the store shelves, some people have to make dill. I know. We're we're being told by the New York Times we should give cannibalism another shot. But apparently you talk about eating dog, which likely if you've ever been to Vietnam or China, you have. And that's it. It's the end of the world. Such shortages, however, will be the least concern for many in Germany as they enter the Wintermonds as they say in Germany. I know they don't say Wintermonds, but it it sounds cool, doesn't it? Winter, winter. Remember we were talking about winter back in the summer, even in the spring. All that Vladimir Putin has to do is sit on his hands. Well, apparently somebody, wink, wink, we don't know who, decided to take the decision out of Vladimir Putin's hands and uh, blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, but hey, don't worry about it. The Chinese are on it. So right now, this is, this is how 
how ridiculous things have become. Uh, to make a point, the, China, uh, the Europeans aren't buying gas from the Russians. The Chinese, however, will take as much as the Russians can dish out and then turn around and sell it to the Europeans for a premium. And the Europeans are buying Russian gas from the Chinese at a premium. I know. With people like this in charge, you can rest easy. Such shortages, however, will be the least of concern for many in Germany as they enter the winter months. However, with many in the country expected to be left unable to adequately heat their homes, either as a result of the ongoing gas shortage. Organizations in the country are now taking radical measures to cut consumption, with the likes of some universities in the country even promising to push for energy savings of up to 27% in the hopes of relieving strain on the system. It remains to be seen whether these targets are hit, however, with one third-level institution in the west of the country seemingly relying on the voluntary actions of staff and students in order to hit its target. Uh, okay, American prophetic. It, it, it doesn't concern America, but you get the drift. Uh, at some point in the near future, it's not going to be voluntary anymore. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Um, when, when your own government warns you that your gas may run out over the winter months, uh, that, that is uh, problematic. Some would say even uh, troublesome. But have no fear, we're not Germany. We're the United States of America and our leadership, oh boy, our leadership is on it. Do, do you understand what we're headed towards, honestly? Uh, Monsieur Badan is releasing another 15 million barrels of oil reserves uh, from our uh, stockpile. What is it? Lowest since 1984 now. Uh, and, and these are being released right before the election. But hey, before you jump to any conclusions, just remember this is not politically motivated at all. Nay, nay. El Presidente, Monsieur Adult Diaper, defended his decision Wednesday to release another 15 million in oil reserves to keep gas prices low just weeks before the midterm elections. Reporters at the White House questioned Biden about his decision to release more oil from the National Reserves, asking him if his decision was political. No, it's not, he replied. Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. <laughs> I've been doing this for how long now? Well, apparently long enough, we're, uh, we're, we're scraping the bowl, kids. We're getting down to the itty-bitties. There will be no more barrels soon. It's like uh, my kids. They, they, they like their ice cream. And 
you know, you, you put a scoop or two in a bowl for them and you give it to them. And, and when there's a lot of ice cream, they're very enthusiastic about how much of it they, they, they take in their spoon and they put in their mouth. But as it shrinks, their bites get smaller and smaller because they want it to last longer and longer. And eventually they're scraping the bottom of the bowl and just drinking ice cream juice. So this is pretty much what we're doing. I've been doing this for how long now? Yes, because there's a gas ferry that comes and replenishes the reserves. Do you understand that you're going to have to pay more to replenish the reserves that you're doling out hoping people don't realize, oh my, we're in trouble before the elections? Biden scoffed at Republicans for criticizing him for opening up the oil reserves again as he has authorized the release of more than 200 million barrels. Where have they been the last four months, he told reporters when asked to respond to Republicans. That's my response. Well, sir, if I may, your lot runs the House, your lot runs Congress, and you uh, are the straw man, the cutout for the presidency and the people that, you know, pull your strings. So the other side has no voice. Every time anyone says anything, they're Hitler. And this is the problem with that sort of mindset. You can only call people Hitler so many times before it loses its punch. And it's not as though you've built up to it. You started out calling people Hitler. There's nowhere else to go from there. So, anyway. Now, again, it's, it's, the, the blame game is beautiful. The problem is these guys are asleep, he continued, referring to Republicans. I don't know where they've been. So, yes, it's, it's the people not in power's fault that everything is falling apart. It's the people's not in power's fault that the pipeline was shut down the day that you put your soiled hand on a Bible and didn't spontaneously combust. Yes, we get it now. It's everybody else's fault but Uncle Joey's. How dare you question? Now hush and let him eat his ice cream. If you want to understand how bad things can get, and I know, again, some of you aren't seeing it for here because, oh, we're a nation of laws. And, and people follow the... Stop. Stop. Nobody is. You're expected to. But the people in power aren't following the laws they set forth for you. And any time you point that out, they just get angry and lash out. Ethiopia. I know, not a country much talked about, but... It's, it's a landscape of horror, what's going on there. Civilians in Ethiopia, both within the blockaded northern region of Tigray and throughout the country, are facing rape, executions, tortures, beatings, 
and the abduction of their children to be used as child soldiers, harrowing reports out of the country revealed this week. The government of Ethiopia, led by Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize winner, has been at war with the Tigray People's Liberation Front, a formerly ruling Marxist political party, since November 2020. Ahmed's government accused the TPLF of assaulting military facilities that month and responded with a full-scale assault on the entire region of Tigray, including a blockade that prevents the distribution of humanitarian aid and prevents communication with the outside world that remains in place to this day. If you do not bend and break, we will punish you. The only reason there aren't blockades in the U.S., the only reason people aren't hunting people is because there's still that, that, that Second Amendment. They're trying to do away with it. Don't get me wrong. They're doing their best, but still not enough people on board. The TPLF was Ethiopia's ruling party for nearly 30 years, despite the Tigrayans being an ethnic minority in the country. Abi is of the Oromo ethnic group, who are a plurality uh, in the extremely diverse nation, and has used his position in power largely to eradicate the influence of the TPLF. The war has expanded far beyond military operations. Humanitarian aid groups say the blockade makes feeding and providing critical medication to the civilian Tigrayan population, about 6 to 7 million people, impossible. This week, Tigray's largest hospital issued a desperate plea for basic diabetes supplies which the blockade has prevented from entering the region. Tigrayans accuse Abi of genocide for implementing measures causing widespread death in a region populated by one discrete ethnic group. Uh, it's horrendous. There, there's hyenas eating dead people. There's apparently governments in power that are hunting kids. And there's a lot of things that are happening in this world that we tell ourselves can never happen here. And yet, somehow, the things we say can never happen here do happen with regularity. And nobody seems to notice. I know that... We don't do a lot of feel-good stories on this program because, let's face it, there, there's, there's not much in this world to feel good about. But there is a story I ran across uh, highlighting the, the integrity of uh, paid shepherds and, and wolves in sheep's clothing. Louisiana minister admits to defrauding churchgoers and school of nearly $900,000. Every week, we, we can do this every week if you want. Always a story from somewhere in this country where, where people, pardon me while I sip, and yes, it's, it's 
My, my brother bought flavored coffee. So this is hazelnut dream. I know. I, I feel less masculine just saying hazelnut dream, but it actually tastes pretty good. A prominent Baptist minister in Louisiana has pled guilty in federal court to defrauding his church, a school, and others of approximately $889,000. He could be sentenced to as much as a decade in prison. Ooh, the Reverend Charles Southall III, the 64-year-old pastor of the First Emmanuel Baptist Church in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, pled guilty to one count of money laundering on Tuesday before U.S. District Judge Jay Zaney of the Eastern District of Louisiana. According to a U.S. Department of Justice announcement, Southall defrauded FEBC and some of its members in several ways. The pastor is accused of using donations and tithes for personal expenses, diverting around $150,000 of income from the rental of properties owned by his church and its affiliated housing ministries, everything's a ministry, for personal use and diverting funds from a financial account for the Spirit of Excellence Academy to his personal use. In total, South Hall improperly caused approximately $537,000 of profit from the sale of FEBC-owned real properties located on Amelia Street, 4th Street, and Barone Street to be diverted to South Hall's personal benefit improperly and without authorization. Now, why are we talking about this? Because anyone who is willing to defraud his own church body, anyone who's willing to defraud his own sheep, anyone who's willing to defraud his own flock, is susceptible to being purchased, if you will. And once they are purchased, once legal tender exchanges hands, then that individual is compromised. And that compromised individual will say whatever he is told to say. He will encourage his flock to do whatever they tell him to encourage them to do. Because, hey, you know, even Jesus would have gotten the clot shot. So if you want to be like Jesus, roll up your sleeve. That kind of thing. This is why. You, as a wise servant, need to be skeptical. You need to have your antennas up, for lack of a better term. Everything people you respect in the ministry tell you is the truth. And some of them are compromised to the point of having sold out and sold you out to encourage you to do things that Jesus never would. I'll just leave it at that because uh, we're running out of time and I don't want to get into the whole minutia. Yes, I know it's minutia, but hey, you can play with the English language sometimes. 
the U.S. Department, the U.S. State Department, on Tuesday, walked back remarks questioning Pakistan's ability to keep its nuclear weapons safe by President Jose Biden, who went as far as to call the South Asian nation a nominal ally of America's, one of the most dangerous nations in the world. So uh, let's see. What, what's, what's the, we called the Saudis Russian sympathizers. Now we're calling the Pakistanis one of the most dangerous nations in the world. But hey, we're willing to sit down and negotiate with the Iranians because the mullahs, you know, uh, we're growing on them. They only chant death to the great Satan twice a day rather than three times a day now. So that's progress. Biden made the offending comments at a Democrat Party event at a private home in California, offering disorganized remarks, commenting on nuclear weapons. Generally, Biden mentioned Pakistan amid boasting yet again that he has a close personal relationship with dictator Xi Jinping of China. No, you don't. I'm sorry. I know, I know, I know you don't want to hear it, Mr. Jose. But there is no close and personal relationship with Xi Jinping. He thinks you're a buffoon, like every other leader in any other nation. He's content and happy and rolling on the floor every time you open your mouth. Because without leadership, a nation is weakened with leadership hostile to the interests of the nation that it leads, the nation is in danger. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping than any one person in any head of state in, Amer- in the world. I'm just quoting verbatim. I know, it's, it's deep thoughts with Joe Biden. No, you haven't. Xi Jinping just went and hung out with Vladimir Putin. You have not spent more time with Xi Jinping than any person in the world. Factually untrue, but still, nobody's calling him out on it. Biden rambled again, making the dubious claim that he had traveled 17,000 miles with the genocidal leader, which earned him three out of four Pinocchios from the Washington Post. Biden then abruptly turned to Pakistan. This is a guy who understands what he wants, but has an enormous, enormous array of problems. How do we handle that? The president asked, referring to Xi Jinping. How do we handle that relative to what's going on in Russia? Well, the Russians and the Chinese seem to be doing great business, and the Europeans are bleeding money buying Russian gas from the Chinese. That about sums it up. And what I think is maybe one of the most dangerous nations in the world, Pakistan. Indeed. Let's, let's, because the Pakistan, really, the Pakistanis, really, the Pakistanis. Nuclear weapons without any cohesion. Uh Uh-huh. So, folks, 
There's a lot going on, a lot going on. But now I got to take a nap, eat some ice cream, check my diaper. He continued, never returning to elaborate on his position of Pakistan. As reported by the Pakistani newspaper Dawn on Saturday, an official press release from the office of Pakistan's prime minister's office described President Biden's words as factually incorrect and misleading, demanding that unnecessary comments should be avoided. Following the publication of the event's official transcript, Pakistan's foreign affairs ministry immediately summoned the U.S. ambassador to Islamabad, Donald Blom, and requested the ambassador deliver a demarque on President Biden's comments. Poor guy. See, the person I feel the worst for is the U.S. ambassador to Pakistan. He's like, how am I supposed to explain this? How, how, how can I elucidate the comments that he made? You can't. And you really can't because he's your boss. You can't go, he's just a, a, a frail old man who has dementia and words spill out of his mouth. You can't do that. Pakistan's disappointment and concern was conveyed to the U.S. envoy on the unwarranted remarks which were not based on ground reality or fact the Foreign Affairs Ministry press release read. Principal Deputy Spokesperson of the U.S. Department of State, Vendal Patel, addressed the growing scandal on Tuesday, telling reporters the United States is confident of Pakistan's commitment and its ability to secure nuclear assets. Oh, yes. The U.S. has always viewed a secure and prosperous Pakistan as critical to U.S. interests. And more broadly... The U.S. values our longstanding cooperation with Pakistan, Patel said. By the time the State Department intervened to diminish the outrage, most high-profile Pakistani politicians or political leaders had weighed in to condemn Biden. So that's another nation down. Uh, the Australians just uh, basically pretended as though Israel doesn't exist. So, you know, we're, we're just I'm making friends and influencing people. You know, that's the, the upside of electing a, a centrist and a moderate. That's the upside of electing someone who's so eloquent that he can sell, you know, ice cream to an Eskimo. He's done it. Oh, this is so good. Come on, man, you want some. And the Eskimo bought the ice cream. Yes, we're in good hands, uh, like Allstate, until uh, you hit a deer and then Allstate says, we can't cover you anymore. Uh, I, 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 exactly. So if you're looking forward to the good times ending, well, kids, uh, I hope you have more energy. Drink yourself some, uh, you know, bang energy drink. And come back to the dance floor because we're just getting started. Oh, boy, 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 boy. The world is losing its mind. And the church isn't doing anything to point out the fact that the world is losing its mind. I Look, we're going to be called to answer. That's the thing that, that, that a lot of people who are ignoring the reality of what is happening don't 
seem to get. Not only will our inaction have consequences, we will be called to answer for our inaction. I'll just leave it at that. Because there are many believers out there who are living as though they will not be held accountable. There are many believers out there who are living as though they have no other responsibility before God than to lift a hand in church, wave their Bibles every Sunday, and repeat whatever Joel Osteen's decide to say. That's not the way it works. When you become an ambassador of Christ, when you become a representative of God, when you are saved and sanctified, your adoption into the family of God comes with certain responsibilities. One of those responsibilities is to stand for truth and speak the truth. But in order for Christians to speak the truth and stand for the truth, they must first and foremost know the truth. And the truth isn't something that somebody made up somewhere and decided to, you know, disseminate on the internet. The truth is found in the Word of God. And the Word of God has a lot to say about the unfaithful. The Word of God has a lot to say about the rebellious. The Word of God has a lot to say about the disobedient. But we seem to be ignoring all those passages. We broad brush everything with God as love and he'll have to make do with me just the way I am. What's, what's that foolishness that was popular, what, three, four, five years ago? If you can't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. And, uh, yeah, well, you see the divorce rate. Anyway. God has expectations. We're not living up to them. And by we, I mean the church. And if we expect anything to change, if we expect anything to get better, if we expect repentance and revival and whatever else we're, we're, we're trying to comfort ourselves with, it's, it's around the corner then the church needs to get right with God first and foremost. The book says that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. All I can do is tell you what the book says. Whether you believe it or not, up to you. But just remember, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And with that, I thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. I'm sure next week will be just as fun as this one. But until then, may God bless you. May God keep you. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Hey, thank you, Mike.
the biggest sin, I think, of the church is we're just too silent. We're too apathetic when it really comes to standing up for our values on a local level. And uh, we found that out in my hometown. We, as I've said in on a few programs previous, we called for a protest against a drag show in my town. We have over 25 churches in our town, and my church and only one other one decided to gather the saints to protest. Just think what would have happened if we would have had 500 to 1,000 protesters. What a statement that would have made. We had 120, which was the most in the whole state of any town that did a protest. But where's the church, the body of Christ? You know, we're more apathetic than we give, than we really understand. And you would think when the devil tries to come into town, you'd think he would be challenged by the body of Christ. If it's a drag show or a porn shop or a strip club or a abortion clinic, why are they allowed to operate in a town with a lot of churches? Why isn't there a pushback? You've got a lot of ways you can push back. Prayerfully, protest, council meetings, school board meetings, change your elected officials. There's a lot of ways to push back. And I would urge people, you know, challenge your pastor and your church to be an advocate for decency in your town. Defending the... It's very important when you know there'll be perilous times in the last days. It's very important that the church be the light on a hill. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.